Welcome to the December 10th Sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, and the sermon is entitled, Joseph and His Dream, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. I'm grateful today to still be able to open God's Word. Amen. I want you to grab your Bibles, go to the book of Matthew, if you have your Bibles with you, as we think and we continue along in our series entitled, Looking to Jesus. And when we think about the idea of looking to Jesus, there's nothing that has taught me more to do that than this week. And we understand that through it all, that the Lord is definitely in control. I'm grateful that as last week we opened this series, we looked at Mary, and it is no accident that in my mind that I think we need to look at the other side of the coin, the earthly side of the coin, the earthly father that is Joseph. I've titled this message today, Joseph and His Dream. And there are two Josephs in the Bible that involve dreams. One is an Old Testament Joseph who interpreted dreams. And maybe you look at this title and say, we're talking about him. No, we're talking about a New Testament Joseph that had a dream. And the focus of that dream and God's direction with that dream is to point a very human man to a very holy God and to a holy son that he would raise as his own. We're grateful that the important part of Christmas and the important part of the Christmas story is that the Lord Jesus came to this earth to be Savior of this world. As you look and open the book of Matthew, it's kind of hard reading in the first chapter because in that first chapter there are a lot of names and I'm going to be honest with you, many of them are hard to pronounce and many of them are just so easy to skim through and there's a lot of repetition in the King James Version of the word begat. So-and-so begat, so-and-so begat and, and I'm going to be honest, as we read that, sometimes that's hard just to stay with and to continue reading but Matthew does a tremendous job in showing us the lineage from Abraham to Jesus. It was Matthew's job as the writer of this gospel to show this, that Jesus was indeed who he said he was and that he was the Savior of the world. He was the Messiah that was to come. And so in that first chapter of the book of Matthew, the first 16 verses there, it's so easy just to skim through those verses and skim through that lineage but you see that word over and over, begot, begot, begot. But in verse number 16, the word changes. And here's what verse number 16 says. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. The begot left the picture. And we understand that Matthew does a tremendous job here in pointing that lineage through Joseph Luke does a great job in putting that lineage towards Mary. And here's what we want to see today. Jesus is definitely the Savior. That is Matthew's job, and he points that. But as we look at this scripture today, starting with verse number 18, going through verse number 25, it centers on a very human man. And here's what I want you to know. God is still in the business of using ordinary humans in his great plan that he has for, for, for this world. And so you and I can relate to Joseph and we can relate to God through the plan that he has for our life. Look at verses 18 and 19 today as we open the scripture. Matthew chapter number 1 verses 18 and 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise 
when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately or privily. Privately. Joseph's plan. That's the first thing I want you to see. How many of us today, maybe you're here today or maybe you're joining us live stream. How many of us start out with our own plan for our life? I can remember that coming out of high school that I had my own plan of my own dreams. And looking back, it, 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 I'm nowhere where I thought I'd be. Praise be to God, right? Some of us can say praise be the Lord for that. But we all start out with our own plan. And Joseph had a plan. That word espousal we talked about last week, and Matthew uses it again today. We discussed that, that, spe- that period of time before marriage. A couple wouldn't be married, but technically they would be by the law. They would be married. That's what that espousal means. They would even call each other husbands and wives. And I can prove that by the Bible. Verse number 19, it says this, Then Joseph, her husband, was not her husband yet. But they were able to refer to each other in that manner. But they had a plan. The parents had put it together. They were carrying it out. But God was soon to get involved in their plans. And I'm grateful today that some see it as a parent's plan. And some see it as Joseph and Mary's plan. But we as the people of God need to see this as God's holy plan for their life. And he has a plan for every life. A part of this story and a part of... Uh, Jesus coming to the earth involved a plan that he had to put into motion long before he would come. This part of the plan involved a dream. And before the dream, there was a dream. And Joseph had a dream that he would marry this beautiful woman and, and that they would have a life together. And then all of a sudden, it changes. Mary's pregnant. And what do you do when... The, the woman that you love is pregnant and is not your child. Verse number 18, look there. It says this, the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit was involved. And we last week talked a little bit about what Mary was pondering and thinking. And we get a glimpse into the man's life and the man's head and the man's heart here and what Joseph would do. It says, verse 19, Joseph, her husband, being a just man, was not willing to make her a public example but but wanted to put her away privately. So here is Joseph's plan. I had a woman I loved and I was going to get married to her and, and he probably had those plans. And then things changed when he found out that she was with child. And his plan changed too. He, his plan was this. I'm going to put her away in a, in a very private manner. I don't want to make a, an example of her. You know, the book of Deuteronomy uh, allowed this woman to be stoned. They could have brought her before the town and they could have put accusations upon her and they could have picked the stones up and, and they could have killed this woman. And yet Joseph in his heart, in verse number 18 Says that uh, It says he was a just man. That wording means that he was outstanding and understanding in his character and his decisions. But it also meant this. He spiritually followed the Lord. And because of that leading, 
Here's what the Lord wanted him to do. And here's what his plans were. Hey, we're just going to put her away in a very private manner. We'll make it all disappear and it will all be okay. How many of us in our own plan have we thought, hey, if we can make this just disappear, it'll all be, it'll all go away. It'll all take care of itself. Well, that was Joseph's plan. Put her away privately. And because I'm a just man, I'll just move on with my life. Mary will not get punishment. She will not get death. She will be able to move on with her life as well. She, he was ready to take the legal steps of divorce. And he didn't want to draw attention to her. Just make it go away. Maybe today you've been in a situation that there are times where your plans have had to change. Something that wasn't expected happened. I can testify to that this week, okay? I can testify to that this week. Something out of our plans happened. And guess what? It messes up our plans and our dreams for a season. And yet we still must be faithful. We still must be faithful. The heart of Joseph is how can I make the best out of this situation in which I'm dealing with? And that's where he goes to sleep on. He lays down to rest knowing that he's got to put away Mary in a private matter. And that's my plan. But I'm grateful that God intervenes. Look at verses 20 and 21. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for thou, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. As Joseph's mind is wandering, and I don't know about you, my mind races even when I try to sleep at night. It still goes on. It's racing. It's going. It's thinking of what tomorrow may hold or the plans that I have. God intervenes. In a miraculous way, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. The second point I want you to see, we looked at Joseph's plan. The second point I want you to see is God's plan. God's plan in verses 20 and 21. It's amazing when God steps into the situation. Joseph has his plan, but God has a greater plan. Joseph doesn't have all the information. He doesn't know how God's plan is going to work out or come to fruition. But he knows that in this dream, the Lord has a plan for his life. Think about this. As his plan involved putting Mary away, God uses an angel. There's sometimes I want a billboard or I want an angel. Or I want something to be very direct with me. And yet in the, most of the time, God moves in the stillness of who he is. I don't always look for an angel for an answer. I look to God for the answer. And as God gives that answer to Joseph through an angel, here's the message. Do not be fearful in what I'm asking you to do. I think that's a key point. You can't be afraid of what I'm asking you to do. Don't be fearful. Don't let fear creep into the picture. Don't be fearful to take this woman to be your wife. Yes, she is with a child, but that child is a special child. It's from the Holy Spirit. In this dream, the angel promises a son and promises even his name would be Jesus. And he gives the purpose of this child's life. This child would save his people from their sin. 
The name of Jesus means Savior. It is the equivalent to the Hebrew name of Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. I'm grateful today that we serve a God that is worried about our salvation. A God that sent His only Son to save us from the sin of the world. But He would be given this title of Christ, the Anointed One. And that title, Christ, would separate Him from any other Jesus in all the world. So here's what Matthew's doing. Matthew's pointing to this baby as a very special child. As the Savior of the world. I'm grateful for this. Because there are many that doubt who Jesus is. Maybe through lineage and through lordship and through the long expected Savior. Matthew points the picture. This is our Messiah. He will save his people from their sins. God's plan beginning to unfold. But he used very, very earthly and human beings to carry out that plan. And I'm grateful for that. He needed Joseph. To be a vital part in this little boy's life. As he would grow, Joseph would influence. And he, he meets him with these words, do not fear. Even though you don't understand everything. Even though people will talk and rumors will be around the community. People are going to accuse you of stuff. Don't you fear. Take her as your wife. Raise this special boy. Go against what the cultural says and what parents and other people are going to say. Take this woman as your wife anyway. That's my plan. God can intervene in the plans that we have. And make them much better in what we intended them to be. Maybe this is encouragement here. Maybe to somebody that's watching, somebody in this room. It is encouraging to me this week that even though we had planned so much for this day, it looks very different. But God is still in control. And He's in control in more than one day of our life. He wants to be in control of all of our life. Not just one season or one day, but every point of our life. God wants control. How many of us will submit to that plan. Not just go along with what we want to do. Look at verses 22 and 23. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The third thing is the fulfillment of God's plan. You know, this wasn't a last second plan of God to save the day or to save the season or to save a life or to save Mary. This plan was enacted long before creation ever began. And God's plan, His perfect plan, involved to rid the world of a disease. And that disease is sin. You see, if God wasn't involved in the birth of Jesus, it would not be a perfect plan. It would not be a perfect Savior. Jesus could not be that. But the birth was one of a kind because it involved God as the father of this baby. In the book of Isaiah, chapter number 7, verse number 14, that is where Matthew draws the quote, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she will bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. A prophet 
700 years prior, 700 years before, would prophesy about the birth of a Savior. But not only would Isaiah prophesy about the birth of a Savior, in Isaiah chapter number 53, he, he would prophesy about the death of a Savior. 700 years before. And here we are reminded through the pen of Matthew, the defense of Christ being the promised one that would come and save his people. Throughout this book, you can see that God has a plan. From the very beginning to the very end, God has a plan. And as he fulfills that plan, we're grateful to be a part of it. The world needed a Savior from the beginning as sin entered the world in the book of Genesis. It needed a plan. And here's the reality of it. The flood wiping everybody off the earth except for Noah and his family, that didn't take care of the problem. It would come back. It would come back. All the kings and all the military leaders through your Old Testament, they were leaders and some of them godly leaders, but they could not enact a plan. Many people look to the military leader. That's where the Savior would come from. That's where the Messiah would come from. And he never showed up by winning a battle. And yet in God's plan, he would come through imperfect people, but a holy, holy, holy God taking control and fulfilling his plan through a pregnancy. How many of us will rely on the Holy Spirit to lead us as we navigate God's plan for our life. We may not understand it. But Hebrews chapter number 11 says this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. By faith we can see a Savior that entered the world to be God with us. Our Savior of our sin. I'm so grateful for the fulfillment. This baby was the fulfillment of God's plan. To send a Savior to the world. The last point. Look at verses 24 and 25. Then Joseph being raised from sleep. Did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And took, him, uh, took unto him his wife. And knew her not. Till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. The fourth point today. Is the obedience to God's plan. Joseph wakes up. And I don't know about you, but when you wake up from a dream, you, you have to ask yourself, was this a dream? I'm going to get a little personal with you this week. Friday morning, I woke up and I looked at Terry and I said, am I having a bad dream? Was this just a dream? And she said, babe, unfortunately not. Sometimes we wake up from our own plans, our own thoughts, and we realize, hey, it's not about me anyway. And I think one thing that we lose in our life as Christians, this life that we've been blessed with and gifted with and called to, it's not about us. It's about being obedient to the plan that God has. As Joseph wakes up from that dream, he didn't shake the cobwebs out and he didn't question anything. Maybe he did, it's not recorded. But in verse number 24, as he raises from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had told him to. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. And I want to ask you today, you're not sleeping, but maybe after a worship service, as we wind this down today, we'll raise up and be obedient to what God would have us to do individually and as a church. 
Will we be obedient to that plan? Last week, we looked at Mary's response as she was approached. Here's what she said at the end of that. Be it unto me. Whatever it is, let it come. I'm accepting God's plan for my life. And here you see Mary and Joseph separately agreeing to the plans of God for their life. I'm not a marriage counselor, but there could be something said here. Even in our own lives, even in our own marriages, we have to agree to God's plan for our lives separately before we can agree to it together. I look at this and I say teenage pregnancy and a lot of questions. And if you are a counselor on this day, you may say, it'd be best both of you just go your own way. But that would not have been God's plan. God's plan involves us first individually agreeing with God. And then coming together with those that are around us, whether it be a marriage or a church or a work situation or a ministry situation, and then agreeing together, this is God's plan for our life. May we be unified to God and obedient to God, but may we as a church also be unified in the plans that He has for us as a church. Joseph doesn't know exactly how it's going to all turn out. But he says yes to this woman that is pregnant with a child. And he's going to be obedient. And he will have to listen to the chatter in the neighborhood. And he's going to have to answer the question of the friends of the guys that prod him along. But he agrees that no matter what, I'm going to do what God has asked me to do. I'm going to take her and she will be my wife. And I will raise this boy as my own. Today. I'm grateful that the end of verse number 25, and I'm going to close with this. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus. As the story ends in chapter number one, the wedding still has not happened. But he said yes all along the way. The benefits of marriage are not there. One of the benefits of marriage is not there. He didn't know her until after the baby was born. He didn't want anything to taint, anything to taint this relationship or this marriage or this baby. But he was obedient to God. Today, can we trust and obey as the hymn says? Maybe you've sung it over your life. Trust and obey. There's no other way than be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Obey. Only because Joseph knew God could he say yes to his plan. And so today, I offer a couple different invitations to you. We may not know the full scope of God's plan, but do you know the the one that writes the plan? Do you know the maker of the plan? Today, do you know the Lord? Uh, Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? 2,000 years later, we stand and read the familiar story of Christmas. And what does that mean to you and I? As we celebrate the birth of our Savior, we need need to remember that it was historical and it was factual. Our Savior coming to this world, Matthew does a tremendous job showing that to us. But this work of Jesus coming to the world was of God. 
It was greater than a historical moment and a factual moment. This was a God moment. And I'm going to ask you to do just as Joseph did. Trust God. Even when it's hard to understand the full story of Christmas and the virgin birth and how the Holy Spirit made all this happen, how it remained perfect, trust God at His word. Your plans and God's plans. Maybe that's a struggle for you. Maybe every day there are people that struggle with, what is God's plan for my life? What is, what is my plan and how do I make those come along? Surrender your life to the leading of God today. That's my encouragement to you. Surrender to God's plan over your plan. And here's what happens. God's plan will become your plan. And that's what needs to happen. I don't want to ball up my sermon, but, but I'd ball up the plans today of my own life. And just trust them to the one who will write them and write them perfectly. Today, maybe you need to do that. The greatest need may be in the room. Is a savior, the one that would save the world from their sins. Isaiah said, Emmanuel would come. Matthew writes, it was Jesus, the Messiah. He is the one that would save his people from their sin. Today, his birth allowed him to come as the perfect man. And his death was the perfect sacrifice. So the perfect man had to come in order to die perfectly for the sin of the world. Undeserving as the final sacrifice once and for all. On a cross for the sin of the world. Today if you or somebody watching needs Jesus as Savior. First you need to recognize you're a sinner in need of that Savior. And my prayer today is through the Holy Spirit's leading that you will recognize that and God will press upon your heart just to bow your head and ask Him to come in and live forever to forgive you of your sins and write the plans of your life and you be obedient to those. Today, we're thankful for a dream. We're thankful for a human man. But aren't we thankful for a holy, holy, holy God that came to this earth to save the world their sins. Let's pray together. Father God, Lord, we thank you for this moment in time. And Lord, we know that today looks different than we had planned. And yet we submit them to your plan. Lord, thank you, Lord, for an opportunity as we close this prayer to unite our hearts together. Lord, we are united in you. But Lord, unite our hearts together in the plans that you have for this body of believers at Clifford Baptist Church. Thank you for this day, Lord, and I thank you in the midst of turmoil and trial and a hard week. Thank you that you are still God and that you have a plan through it all. God, thank you, Lord, that we can look to you in this season, that you had a plan to save the world and you have an individual plan for our life. God, we pray, Lord, that we will get our lives and our plans in line with you and submit to that. God, I pray if somebody needs to do that today, that they will be able to do that. Lord, my prayer for that one that needs you as Savior, that is the reason that you came in, in the perfectness of who you are to this world, to die for our sins. If there's somebody that needs a Savior today, God, I pray, Lord, that they will give their heart to you. A simple prayer, acknowledging the sin and the Savior and the need of that in their life. They can, their life will be changed forever. God, thank you that in this season that we can look to you in all things and we look to the coming of our Messiah. 
Lead us now in the days ahead, we pray, as we look to you in all things. We give you this day, we give you this season, we give you our lives, and we ask you to lead it now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.